Hey, everybody, a quick note here. Go follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626, because I'm doing a huge giveaway today with Grayson Murphy, who is my podcast guest on this episode. We're giving away one of her training journals, one of my training plans, and a Lagoon pillow. So you got to go follow over there to enter to win. It opens and closes today. So this is for people listening to this podcast today that you'll hear this and see it. Friday, December 8th, go follow Lindsay Hines 626 and Grayson underscore Grayson to enter to win our little giveaway. This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me today. We've got a returning guest on the show that I am super excited about. Grayson Murphy is back on the podcast. She first appeared on this podcast, episode 180, wow, in May of 2019. And I've been following her ever since. Back then, she was running with NAZ Elite and She's made several changes in her career since then. I actually did an Instagram Live with her when she started running in the mountains more and changed what she was doing with her training and her running. And that was really fun. And it's been a long enough that I was like, we got to do this again. So um, she is a four-time U.S. champ and a two-time world champion. She's a mountain runner. She's the CEO of Racing Grayson Training Logs. She actually, on top of her very successful mountain running career right now. It's like a sub ultra space. Uh, she also plays six. I don't know if y'all remember this in the Olympic trials in the steeplechase in uh, 2021, which was really cool. Uh, in this conversation, Grayson and I talk about her career shifts, what that was like becoming a U.S. and a world champion, running for joy, doing what you love, and how success follows when you do what you love. We also learn a little bit more about her training journals. When we first had her on over four years ago now, she had just started those. And this is a business that has progressed and changed and grown. And she's learned so much. And I love hearing from entrepreneurs. You know, that's a big thing that I am into. Grayson is actually going to do a 10% discount on her training journals. Just use the code ANOTHER and that'll grab you 10% off her training journals. It's a training log and planner, by the way, which is really cool because this can just be a... It's all in this one place. Training, life, schedule, all the things. Go to racin-grayson.com. That's R-A-C-I-N-grayson.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 10% off your order of her training journals. All right, friends, listen up. If you are looking to train for a half marathon or marathon and you want to get involved in the running community that is a space that I'm super involved in and I love it so much every single February I head down to the Donna Marathon for the Donna Marathon weekend Jacksonville Florida it is February 4th this year you start and finish on the beaches of Jacksonville you don't actually run on the beach though um, I have training plans on my website that can help you get to this race in a healthy way injury free um, I also have a discount code. It's Lindsay10 when you go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10. That'll get you 10% off your registrations. I'm going to be there running the half marathon, and we're going to have an after party in Jacksonville, Florida on that Sunday as well. It is going to be so, so fun. And this is a marathon that 
helps fund research for breast cancer and also helps support financially families who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, it's breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your registration for any of those races. And then I also want to let you know they are giving away a trip to Jacksonville. You just go to breastcancermarathon.com backslash win 2024 backslash. So when you enter to win, you will receive, if you win this package, a three-night stay at the Jacksonville Beach Oceanfront Courtyard, which is the official Donna Marathon Weekend host hotel, two race entries, and exclusive VIP race weekend events. It is going to be super fun. This ends November 31st. We'll link it in the show notes. But make sure you go register. I will also share about this on my Instagram, lindsayhine626. Again, though, it's breastcancermarathon.com backslash win2024 backslash. And if you just go ahead and register for the race because it's awesome, use the code lindsay10. All right, friends. I hope to see you there. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait to hang out with everyone in Jacksonville. All right, friends. Today on the podcast, we have returning guest Grayson Murphy on the show. Welcome back, Grayson. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So I guess maybe you've only been on the actual podcast once, but we did an Instagram live too. Yes. Mm -hmm. I follow you pretty closely though, so I feel like I've talked to you more than that. I think we have. Yeah. Or we've got like a message. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you know, when you were first on this show, that was when you were with an AZ elite. Like that is how different your life is now. That's crazy. That was a long time ago too. So long. And then we did an IG live. That was even a long time ago, maybe two or three years. Yeah. And that was like right when you first started seeing some success on the trails and the mountains. And I had just loved your message so much of like choosing to do what makes you, your heart happy. And then then the success follows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I still have been trying to use that like joy as my North Star kind of thing. So, and it keeps working. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good um, plan for me. Yeah. So for those who might be new to your story or didn't listen to our first episode, um, I know a lot of people are following along with everything you're doing on Instagram and whatnot, though. Um, can you give us a little rundown of like I mentioned you were with NAZ and now you're a mountain runner, you're four time US champ, a two time world champ. Can you talk a little bit about your progression to getting to where you are? Yeah. Yeah. So the last time we talked, I was still on NAZ or maybe had just left. And um, I still like no shade to NAZ. I think they're a great program. It just wasn't a good fit for me personally. And I wanted to branch out into the trails and they're very road and track focused. And I wanted a little more flexibility with that. So uh, I left the team, went back to Salt Lake City where I'm from. And that's kind of where I started trail running. And I don't, I didn't start with the intention of that very same year going to Worlds. Um, I think I just thought this could be a fun extra little side gig to my like running um but it kind of took off so I won my first national championship that year and then uh two months later won my first world championship and it was kind of a whirlwind um and then since then that was 2019 then 2020 happened and we all know what happened in 2020 um so then 2021 22 23 have been kind of like I've done some track stuff. I was at the Olympic trials um, and finished sixth in the steeplechase. 
but I've also kind of been swaying a little more towards trail stuff because that's kind of where I feel drawn to and I was hurt last uh fall for the second worlds that I was eligible for but then this summer I got to go back finally and won my second world championship so yeah it's been a roller coaster but it's been really fun and I've learned so much about everything and anything um and yeah, I wouldn't take it back. So I'm glad that I'm following that joy North Star still. Mm, what a range. I was going to bring up the sixth place at the trials and steeple. And then you said it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I was going to start sound really smart pulling that out of my hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember watching that and I was like, wow, that is so impressive what Grayson did at the trials because let's talk about the range and being able to like shift your mindset back to the track in that season of life. How did you do that? Yeah, it's definitely a big shift. Cause I think the trail world is a lot more laid back. Um, the races are longer. I don't do ultras, but my races are up to so far have been up to like 15 K, which is about nine miles. And they usually take about 90 minutes and the steeplechase is a 3K that takes nine minutes, so <laughs> <laughs> like one-tenth of the um, volume and in time. So, yeah, it's different. And I think the track has a lot more intensity layered on top of that. Um, people are more serious in a sense. I think, like, track is very professionalized, and I think trail is getting there, but is still kind of, like, grassroots, too, and, like, a little more – like all the hippies are doing trails and <laughs> <laughs> not so much on the track. So yeah, it was different. I think I went into it that season wanting to qualify for trials. Um, that was kind of the only goal was just to get to trials. So when I got there and then ran the world standard, I was like, oh, like this was not on the plan <laughs> um, for this year. So that was a little like fun, but scary too. Cause it was like, what have I done and like made me question a lot of things moving forward but mm. yeah it was interesting yeah okay I want to go into that a little bit more made you question things moving forward because you were a true competitor in that race placing six I mean you really were you could have made the team I mean it you it was not out of the question so when you say that what do you mean going forward yeah it's hard I think when you're good at something, people like expect you to also like that thing and mm. expect you to do that thing. And I think that's kind of where I've always been with track is I have had success on the track. And so I think people just expect I want to do track and that I like track, but I in reality don't really. Um, and I think it was kind of just something I had to work through within myself of like, you can be good at something and not like it. And that's like totally okay. And doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think I left that trials being like pretty comfortable with like that was closing at least my steeplechase career. And um, I might jump in some track races like here and there, but I don't think I would ever do a full track season again. Mm. Yeah, that's a really hard thing to accept if you're really <laughs> good at something. But if you don't love it and you only live once yes, <laughs> and you're only this like age where you're, you know what I mean? Like the season of life one time, do what makes you happy. But you're yeah. also good at the mountains. Yeah. And I think that that helps too is I know I can be successful 
on the mountains and they bring me joy and they make me feel so happy and not as stressed and less anxious. So in my head, it was kind of an easy conclusion, but publicly making that clear and like why that was what I came to was less easy. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So if I recall years ago when we had that first conversation, I think we talked a lot about mental, the mental side of training and racing and anxiety. Where are you with that? I feel like I'm to a really good point now. And like I said, I've learned so much in the last four or five years since we talked last time Four, um, but yeah, I think I've evolved as a person and gotten to where I'm comfortable, more comfortable now saying like, okay, I'm not going to do track because it just doesn't bring me joy and it, it is bad for my mental health. And I do only live once. So why would I do this thing that I don't enjoy when I can do the other thing? No one's like forcing me to do track. Um, so I think kind of like owning that and then taking responsibility for my actions and being comfortable with that is where I'm at now. And it feels a lot better to be in the driver's seat. Like you're the on the offensive instead of on the defensive. Mm. So true. And you're with Saucony. Talk about what that looks like as far as your, your sponsorship with them. And when you decide like, Hey, I'm going to go back to the track or I'm going to go back to the mountains. What does that look like in communication with them? They are, they've been so amazing. So I've been with them for the last four years, pretty much my entire um, professional career. And I have full range of, I can do whatever I want and they really trust me. We definitely have, I have like track, road and trail in my contract. So that's really nice. And um, I think that's nice for me too, because there's incentive to do all three Mm -hmm. if I so choose where some contracts I've seen not with Saucony, but other brands, um, they'll really pigeonhole you into one discipline. And that's fine. But if you're good at multiple and then you're saying, we don't care if you go run at the Olympic trials, but you should go run Western states and that's what we'll pay for. It really like sends a message, I think. And I think it's sad for the athlete too, because they don't get the opportunity to experience all the things that they might be good at or want to do. Um, so yeah, very glad to have Saucony. And they just kind of roll with it. And I think they know I'll try my best, whatever discipline Mm. or race that I'm going into and that um, I'll try and be competitive in whatever race it is. So I think they've, we've built that trust that like they know if I show up on a start line, I'll be competitive in whatever race it is. Yeah, I feel like we've seen some shifts in the sponsorship model. Certainly like brands have been, better about things like maternity and Mm -hmm. leave and stuff like that. Um, And I hope, and this is a great example, that we keep seeing brands embrace the whole athlete, not just like the athlete that's going to make the Olympic team or get a medal or win the New York City Marathon or whatever. Like, what else are you providing holistically beyond being a world champion in the mountains? And you're a really good example of someone who takes that seriously. I mean, at this, in this day and age, like, unless you are winning a gold medal, like you have to be robust with your social media and appearances and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, and I, I'm with Josh Cox as my agent and kind of both of us, our philosophy is like, you should just be more well-rounded and, um, be a good ambassador for the brand in a lot of ways, other than just being on top of the podium. So having 
uh, good social media presence and maybe you don't have the most followers because Instagram's gone a little rogue the last couple years and I feel like I've gotten shadow banned like several times and <laughs> it just I don't understand but I think if you can show that you're a good ambassador for the sport as a whole um, that's a good thing that brands look for and then uh, I like my training logs too having like that side of a entrepreneurial side of me is something I try and also show brands like look I can bring this to the table too I'm building my own client base or customer base and we can collaborate on that and so having kind of your hand in different pots and diversifying your portfolio um, has been what has worked for me the last couple of years. I mean not to mention too like in way down the road when you do retire from running professionally like you have a wide variety of things that you're interested in and doing. Right. And you're making connections too. And maybe you meet someone along the way and then they can network you to somewhere else you want to be. And um, I think, yeah, a lot of the times I've heard people tell pro runners, like you need to have a plan for when you retire. And even if that plan is just knowing people and then being able to like show, Oh, I have this skill. I'm good at this. um, You can kind of find a way to, figure out a job if you want to stay in the running industry. Yeah, you, your training plans or your, yeah, your training logs, racing, racing, training logs. (laughs) This podcast is supported by Purina Pro Plan Sport. I know a lot of listeners here like to run with their dogs, have dogs, and there's so much joy you get out of running together. And it all starts with Purina Pro Plan Sport. This is a dog food formulated to fuel your dog's adventures. Pro Plan Sport gives your dog the strength and stamina they need to take on your extraordinary life together. Go to ProPlansport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog. ProPlansport.com. All right, back to the show. Um, you had really just launched those. Yes. <laughs> when we first talked. So I'm sure they have evolved a ton and you've evolved a ton as a business owner and mm-hmm. designer or creator. Tell us a little bit about what they are and how they've changed over the years. Oh man. Yeah. They have changed in just about every way you could imagine. <laughs> uh, the first year when we had just talked, the first one that I put out had, I sold 500 copies and I hand drew all of the designs and then they were digitized and printed. And it's really fun to look back at. It looks very homemade-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the binding has changed. The size has changed. The inside is more professionally done now. Um, I work with my teammate from the University of Utah and I'll like sketch out what I want it to look like. And then she does all of the digital design work. Um so that's nice. So it's all very professionally cool. done. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind of, I did not study business in college. So <laughs> it's been a lot of learning on the fly and seeing what works and what doesn't and making mistakes along the way and um, learning about international shipping and ports and some stuff I wish I didn't have to learn about too. <laughs> but yeah, it's been really fun. And I've learned more doing that than I have like in some years of college altogether, mm. I would say. Isn't that wild? Like, you know, the college degree is important. It matters. It does. 
(laughs) And not everybody has to do it. And experience, like, in the long game, trumps the education. Oh my gosh, yeah. He learned so much just, like, diving in and trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember at one point we talked, too, you were, like, working on getting into some local running stores. What does that look like? Yeah, so I – last year I think we were in 20, about 20 running stores nice. and bookstores across the country. And – it was really fun. Um, the fulfillment that I was working with last year, I had a company fulfilling for me. So this year, because I'm fulfilling it all myself, <laughs> again, I moved back to that. Um, and I had to hire two people to help me. Like you're shipping? Yeah. So I had to get like a, an office space and hire two NAU girls to help me out. Um, but yeah, they... So I'm not doing it in bookstores this year because the fulfillment is working out a little differently. But mm-hmm. it was cool too last year to have that experience of working with wholesale and buyers at different stores. And I got a lot of contacts out of that too. So I would say that was a win also. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about contacts for yeah. just the long game. Like what we you don't know what you're going to be doing in five years, 10 years. Right. And it's just good to know people. It is, yeah. And to have that human connection. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the more fun part is like talking to people. Running is not a very social um, job. So (laughs) having that to lean back on and talk to people is nice. So you had mentioned you moved back to Salt Lake City, but you are living and training in Flagstaff. Yes. So full circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's that like now? How long have you been back in Flagstaff? Coming up on two years, actually. Okay. Yeah, um, in the spring. And it's been fun. I had moved here to train with a different team, and then that didn't really work out. Because, um, again, I was like, oh, I think I'm into trails more. <laughs> it's oh, been you fun. had moved back to train? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. And be, like, more on the road. And then I got injured, and, like, during the injury process, I just did a lot of thinking, had a lot of time to think. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just commit to this, like finally like admit that that's like what is motivating me and what I'm really drawn to. Um, so yeah, I'm not on a team right now, but I still get to train with those people sometimes I was on team with and there's a lot of runners in Flagstaff. So I feel like I have a lot of like non-official teammates. <laughs> mm-hmm. What Can you say what team it was? Verde Track Club. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, um, John Green's group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned like your trail races are only up to like 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I've interviewed a lot of trail ultra people, but not very many like shorter distance mountain people. The person Mm -hmm. that comes to mind is Danny Marino. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure you know her. Mm -hmm. So this is like a different, okay. Is it niche or niche? I say niche, but I don't know if that's right. (laughs) Every time it rolls off my tongue, I'm like. (laughs) I'll, I'll like, I like interchange them. Okay. Sometimes I say niche. Sometimes I say niche. And every time I'm like, you're saying it wrong, no matter how I say it. <laughs> you say niche. Wrong. Okay. I say niche. <laughs> okay. So this is a very specific niche. I'm going to go the Grayson okay. way. Okay. <laughs> um, tell us like how that community, like what that community is like and that like shorter distance. I mean, you're kind of is redlining the right word? Like you're, this is not ultra running. Like you are running hard the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say 
it's I guess people usually call it Sub Ultra, and Danny is like the queen of Sub Ultra. She has the Sub Hub podcast. So shout out to Danny. Mm. Um, hey, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> they. So yeah, Sub Ultra is anything under fifty k. Which for people listening, if you don't want to do math in your head, is like just shorter than thirty miles. Um, so yeah, up to fifty k would be considered an sub ultra, and it is quick because you're only out there for a short amount of time relative to the ultras. Um, it's kind of like running a half marathon on the road, I would say, similar mm-hmm. to that. And hard, <laughs> yeah, very hard, like pretty quick, about as hard as you can go for an hour to 90 minutes. Um, so I enjoy that, and I think most of the sub ultra people have more track and road backgrounds because it is faster. Um, you can't just rely on like I'm gonna outlast people because at Worlds, I was running like 440 was like my fastest, like wow pace at, during the race so you do get going like quite fast um that was on the <laughs> downhill but yeah um so it's quick and you have to be able to like turn it over and then yeah I would say I feel like I'm redlining like way too long but <laughs> <laughs> I think my heart rate at worlds was like 185 for 90 minutes which wow is kind of high for me um 185 for me is like my threshold, which typically is like an hour. So I was threshold for longer than I should have been. (laughs) How do you do that? Like what's the, there's a lot of mental fortitude that goes into being able to hold the threshold for 90 instead of 60. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, I think harder mentally than a track and a road race because in track and road, your limiter is your mechanics like if you can't run and hold five minute pace your muscles basically will just get tired but on the trail you can get your heart rate up to 185 but I'm only running maybe Mm. 10 minute pace up a steep climb so your limiter is your aerobic capacity um so it's different it feels a lot different and you're not gonna like slow down because you can keep running 10 minute pace forever so it really is like I kind of think of it as like putting your hand on the stove and like seeing how long you can hold it there Mm. um kind of a game you have to play wow yeah I don't know why I haven't thought about it like that but that's so true Mm -hmm. because when you're running like a marathon the limiting factor is you're like my legs can't move any faster anymore yeah like your Mm -hmm. breathing is under control right it's the legs yeah yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Maybe a silly question, mm-hmm. but my, th- my thought with like trail running is always like, I would be so scared. I would get lost. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and with the ultra ultras, like you're, you're moving slow enough for the most part. I mean, I'm not talking about Jim Walmsley on those fast stretches, yeah. stretches of Western <laughs> States, but you are like, gunning like you are running hard so is it like super well marked like crazy or like have you memorized this course some of them aren't Uh, I think the race directors really do try but usually I'll make sure I get out on and run the full course at least once before the race so that I know kind of like key turning points to expect because yeah if you didn't run it and then there was a sharp turn or something on the downhill you could totally miss it and yeah you're like in the zone yeah uh, especially if you're redlining you can't really see too much yeah 
Um, so I do make sure I run it. And luckily, since the races are like nine-ish miles, you can usually do a, a full course preview, yeah. which is nice. So that's helpful. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would be so nervous about that. <laughs> no. uh, tell us about becoming a U.S. champ and becoming a world champ. The first time you did both of those things and what that meant to you, how it felt. The first time for both worlds and U.S., I think I felt more like disbelief and like kind of what's going on and is this true? Like, was this really happening? Like, um, is this going to be taken away from me at some point? And then the second times, I think I went into it more like I feel like I belong here and I really want to compete for the win. Um, and it was less like less self-doubt and less thinking that it was fake or <laughs> going to be jinxed or something. And then the second time winning Worlds meant probably the most because I had had to pull out of Worlds six months prior because of an injury. And that was really hard. Um, one of the hardest things I've had to do and like publicly kind of like sit through. And so coming back, I was really like, I am going to just lay it all out there because I didn't even have this chance six months ago. And I'm just grateful to be here right now. And if someone's going to beat me, they're going to have to like kill me to do it because I'm <laughs> like ready to run so hard and I'm so happy to finally be here. Yeah. The mindset shift from like, what is happening? Did that just happen to like, now I've, I, I deserve to be here. Not that you didn't deserve to be there before, but like, how do you handle that pressure wise? Like I've won this before. I know I belong now. There's no impost. There doesn't need to be any imposter syndrome going on at this point. Yeah. Um, how do you handle that mentally? In my head, I just try and kind of think like, all you can do is your best and all you can do is give it a hundred percent or maybe 110%. Um, but as long as that's what you did on the day, the result shouldn't matter. And mm. I also think too, like if someone's going to beat me, like good on them, but I'm not going to give up easily. So if they want to beat me, they're going to have to work just as hard as I am today, um, to get to that finish line. So that was like going through my head this last time. Cause I actually got past, I was in first for almost the whole race, except for one middle part. And a girl passed me on the downhill, but the course was up, down, up, down. So two laps. She passed me on the first downhill and I was like, we still have, we're not even halfway and we still have like a whole big climb to do before we can run down again. And I remember thinking like, if she's going to be me with this, she deserves to win right now. But I am willing to bet, like play my cards right that I don't think she can hold this for another three quarters of the race. Um, but yeah, I was kind of in that mindset of like, be at peace if that is what happens, but be aware that like things can change and um, you can still keep trying to the end. That's a seasoned perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you've been there before. I imagine mm -hmm. it's hard to do that though, because you're thinking – and maybe you're not, but my head goes, if she gets too far away, even if I continue to be strong and she fades, I don't want her to get too far. Yeah. So how do you weigh that out? Yeah, I kind of got to like a pace I felt like was comfortable, but not overextending myself on the downhill. 
and it didn't let her get too far away. And the downhill went into, there was a flat road mile. And I was like, Uh, I got this. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Before you start the climb again. So I was like, I know if it was like a mile race, I could beat her. Uh And then if it was a VK, which is like a climb, I could beat her. So I have like my next two best things coming up. So I was betting that like, I'm I'm really sure like she probably doesn't have the combo of the two. Mm. Is that your be- so does it go flat VK down like in order of like your strengths? I don't know. I cuz I also feel like I beat people on downhills frequently. She's like I'm just going to go, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe um, I'm not VK. <laughs> I don't need to do those anymore. <laughs> uh, airplane arms. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about airplane arms. Okay. Love it so much. I just got a neon sign. I wish I was in I my saw office. It. I, could show I saw it on your social or something. I saw it somewhere. Yeah. So excited for it. I'm just really trying to embrace that. And it really encapsulates like my running philosophy, I guess, in a quick and short phrase. Um so I like it. <laughs> Airplane arms. I was just thinking that because, well, right now I'm recording in my bedroom because I have mm-hmm. two of my kids are out of school right now. And I normally have a little office though. And it's just got like a picture with plants on it. And I'm like, you should really like brand that. Like, why don't I have my podcast logo or something on the wall? Yeah. Make it a neon sign. Hot pink too. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. why am I not the Grayson way? Yeah. Um, I'll send you the website. <laughs> oh yeah. Please do actually. Yeah. I actually... Okay. The problem is, is that office is kind of out in the open. It's like, it's like an open office space, which is why I'm in my bedroom because there's not like a big door. It's like kind of off the hallway. And I'm like, is that really great home decor? I don't know. (laughs) You're at home business. It is my podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, But like, when did you first, like you started doing that? And then when did you like, like start embracing, like, that's my tagline. Um, maybe a couple years ago is when like the airplane arms or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like mantra kind of came into my head. And I would say that to myself, like frequently on runs, especially if I was having a bad day, I would be like, even if I'm so grumpy and like scowling, you better throw out your airplane arms because it's like smiling and it makes you feel better and kind of gets you out of your, the funk in your head. Um, then I started saying it and people like, it seemed like it really resonated with people. And then I was like, okay, like, yeah, <laughs> let's do this. Like, <laughs> let's start saying this more. Cause I think people, yeah, must feel the same way and yeah. it must bring them the same feeling that it gives me, which uh-huh. is pretty cool. Whenever we live in a really hilly area, I mean, not in the mountains like you, but <laughs> in Raleigh, it's, have you been out to Raleigh ever? I actually played soccer there once because I went to school in Virginia and we played some teams in North Carolina. Okay. Like NC yeah. State or UNC? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's super hilly coming from Indiana too, like super flat. Um, but <laughs> like downhills sometimes I do, I like put my arms out and I just like, I embrace yeah. it. <laughs> and my husband is like, you are such a dork. Like I'm not with you right now. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't care if I look like the dorkiest dork on the block. <laughs> I will keep doing it. It's just like you're embracing like the beauty of the downhill. Yeah. I love it. Letting go. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, everybody. Are you looking for a great protein powder? I have the best solution for you. The Neurofi Plus Vegan Protein Shake by Prevenex is so delicious. 
It is packed with vitamins and nutrients, 20 grams of vegan protein, 1 billion probiotics, digestive enzymes, BCAAs. It's gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. This is the cleanest, healthiest, plant-based vegan shake around, made to the highest standards. Sometimes you just need a quick hit of protein after a workout or a run. You're moving from one thing to the next. You can shake this up with water, eat a banana, boom, you're getting it done. Right away, you're getting those nutrients back in your body. I also like making protein shakes for my kids with this protein powder as well, and they get a nutrient-dense jam-packed smoothie, including high protein, which is good because then they feel full longer. Uh, they also have a great joint supplement and multivitamin. Check out everything Prevenex has to offer at Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your order. Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your order. Back to the show. I think, like, you have figured out, we talked about being, like, a holistic athlete, like, not just the running and you are a really smart entrepreneur too. And the way you like incorporate your sponsors into your social media. Like I was saying to somebody the other day, I forget who it was, but you did a post recently for inside tracker where you were like, someone had like called out like how expensive it was. And you were like, I want to address that. I just like, I feel like I want to address that. And I was like, you did that in such a smart way. Like Inside Tracker is really fortunate to have you on their team of advertisers because um it was just a really honest post. Yeah. It is expensive. Yeah. And this, 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 and this is why, and this is why it makes sense. Yeah. Can you talk about when you bring on brands like that and do things like like you and I both work with Lagoon. We love mm -hmm. Lagoon. We love Ryan. Love Ryan. And I love supporting a small business, you know, all the Thank things. <laughs> like, how do you envision that as part of your career aside from the actual professional running? Yeah, I think it's like a decent sized chunk. Um, I think I will say though, I think like kind of the landscape of sponsorships is beginning to change. And yeah, with Instagram being such an unreliable source for marketing um because just because someone has 105,000 followers that doesn't mean even 20,000 of those people will see the yeah. product because Instagram might eat it um and put it I don't know in the dark web so they see that it's an ad and yeah then, yeah um so yeah I think it's changing and like even this year um I'll be like three sponsors less at the end of this year and that's coming off of a world championship and two national titles. So it's kind of interesting. And I've had conversations with my agent about it. Like, where do we go from here? And yeah. what does that look like for the state of professional running moving forward? Because um, even if you're really well-rounded, that doesn't mean brands are going to pay you for that. So I think, yeah, some changes. I don't know what, but I can envision things being different in the near future. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if this question is too big because we didn't prep for this or anything, but like <laughs> in a perfect world, like what would you like to see or like what would your hopes be for your career in this this part of it? I would hope that I can continue to be sponsored and supported for results and not dropped because I didn't have enough views on an Instagram reel, which okay. is 
what is happening this year. Um, and it's hard to be like, I didn't get enough views on my Instagram reel, but I won a world championship and you're picking the Instagram reel is like the thing that cuts me, makes or breaks me. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like I'm a pro runner first and mm. I do the social media thing second. So my first job is to be good at running. Well, as you were saying that, and maybe brands are doing this better than I realize, because I'm not a professional runner. Like they, the brands should be leaning so hard in to you winning a world championship mm-hmm. that they need to be displaying you on their stuff. And like, it should really be very collaborative if they want to see the most bang for their buck. Yeah. I don't think they, so a lot of the brands I work with did post something, but they posted like one thing saying, congrats, Grayson. Mm. Was grateful for that. Um, but that was kind of the end of it. And I feel like you really could have milked that for like a lot more <laughs> than totally. just one congrats post. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just like picturing like a really cool video where like, yeah. I'm sure you have great videos of you running through the mountains and like, there's so many things that they could be doing to highlight Grayson Murphy, this professional runner who's a world champion in the mountains. You know, I mean, it's kind of good. I think, and I don't, I'm not a brand, but like, I think to invest in an athlete, like a professional athlete like this, like you have to be, it has to be like 50, 50 almost, maybe not 50, 50, but like, yeah, I mean, they got to do the work too, I guess. Yeah. And I'm willing to like help them. And I'm always very open when I'm talking with brands, like I will be a partner with you, like I'll do this, but I need like you to do some stuff too. Um, and like they'll pay models to go model their stuff. It's in my contract to do that for free. So you could save a whole <laughs> bunch of money and just ha- make me come out and do this. And I would be happy to do it. So yes, yeah, <laughs> they need to take business advice from us. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's our next entrepreneurial adventure. We're going to teach these brands how to maximize because it is true. Like they're hiring you or someone like me to promote their product. But like if you don't kind of go both ways, they're not going to get the most out of it. Yeah. Oh, well, we that's a whole that's a whole nother show, isn't it? I know. Yeah, I could do a whole podcast. I know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So – with your training logs, we need to we need to talk about this a little bit more because Christmas is coming up, holidays are coming up, and obviously, like most training plans and journals and things like that, like people start them in January. Are yours mm-hmm. like January to December? Yeah, I do December first of the following year, so that if you get it early for some oh, reason, oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, so it's thirteen months. In That's there. so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does that. And they're dated. I've gone back and forth between doing undated and dated every year, but I keep them dated. Um, I think it holds you accountable and you can't just skip several weeks and then come back and start over. It like really forces you to like yeah. hold yourself accountable, um, take responsibility for your actions. If you're going to like skip a bunch of training, you can't just pretend it didn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah, I've kept them dated. What all, like, do they consist of? Because obviously this is focused on training, but what else is in there? I know you, you – I remember back in the day you were, like, into the habit tracking and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so 
Uh, it's like a training log and a daily planner all in one. So every day has space for your training where you can log that and then where you can use it as like a daily planner and keep appointments, um, whatever else you do during your day. Uh, keep track of it and organize there. And then the habit trackers have survived since the very first yeah, edition. Yeah. Nice. So look a little different, but not crazy different actually. Um, and I use those a lot. So there's habit trackers where you like fill in the box and you can write in the habit that you want to track and every month has a new one. And then there's kind of different habit trackers that look more like graphs. So I like to graph like my mileage and usually cross training. There's two stacked on top because then I think it gives you like a holistic view of what did you do that day? And like, you can see all on paper if you had like three 10 mile days in a row, no wonder you're tired the fourth day. Um, or if you had six miles, but then you tra- cross trained for three hours that day, no wonder you're going to be tired following that too. So it kind of forces you to see like bird's eye view of everything, which I think is important for training because you can get really sucked into like the day to day stuff and lose sight of the big picture. Mm, so there's space on the the calendar for like if like if I wanted to put like interview with Grayson at two thirty today Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so this can be your main planner yes Mm -hmm. yeah Um, hopefully the idea yeah yeah that's good because it's like there's so many different planners out there and if you're doing like a training planner and an everyday planner uh okay and so we're gonna do a giveaway with the planner I'm going to give away one of my training plans and then Ryan doesn't know, but we're going to partner with him <laughs> to give away a pillow yeah, as well. <laughs> a lagoon pillow. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Okay, so what else in the planner am I missing? What else is in there? Um, the really important thing to me that has also survived all six editions is the mental health journal prompts. And like we talked about earlier in the episode, I've been pretty open about my mental health and just working to destigmatize that in athletics especially so in the training logs every month there's a prompt that is meant to just kind of help you check in with yourself um feel free to journal about it if you like to journal or just contemplate it if journaling isn't what you like but you should try journaling because I think it's great if you haven't um yeah I think that has been something too I've really tried to push because I think the idea is that this is a tool to help you be like healthy and happy and your best self, not just your best athlete self. And that means taking care of your mental health too. Mm. Um, speaking of mental health and physical health, mm-hmm. you have been through the ringer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sorry. Like I have been following along and I just like, it is so hard to not know what's going on. It's so scary and to just wait and wait and mm-hmm. wait. And you have been on my heart. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah, so glad you're getting finally. answers. Finally. Yeah, hopefully. It's, I feel like, so I have an autoimmune disease. And as I'm learning, they're very tricky things. And no one can really quite nail down. No one has full agreement on anything. So it's been a learning process. <laughs> How have you managed your mental health in the waiting and the unknowns it's been luckily well in August I was so sick and so tired that I like it was almost nice because I just didn't have the energy to have bad mental health (laughs) um which sounds bad but 
yeah, I was just so like beyond being able to have the energy to be sad about it. And then through September and October, as I started to get my feet under me a little bit, it was a big bummer because I missed half of the year of races. Um, and I came off of winning worlds and then had so much momentum that was just kind of cut short. And coming off of last year where similar situation, I missed like the whole half of the year from an injury, which Mm -hmm. they now think is also related to the... really? Yeah. Um, Which is in a way nice to hear that it's been one thing this whole time and not just like two separate weird things. But yeah, it's in... I've had to call on my family and support system a lot Mm. for some help and they're great. So I'm very grateful to have them. Yeah. I saw one of your posts. You'd like texted a picture to your mom and I was like, yeah, (laughs) moms are like my mom. I mean, I have four kids and the second one of them is sick or has a rash. Who do I call? Yeah. I call my mom yeah. <laughs> every time. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful I have her. So I'm so grateful you yeah. have that network as well. Um, you like you were so sick, so tired. You were just like, I just need answers. Like I don't even care to be sad. Like I just want to know what's going on. Yeah, I just want to be able to like go to the grocery store and not crash, or like be able to make food for myself um, and feed myself. I was like getting down to like just the bare minimum of like a quality of life. So it's gotten much better. since. So like, even though you don't have an agreeance on an exact specific answer for autoimmune, whatever autoimmune disorder it is, Mm -hmm. you have a plan going forward on how to help your body feel better? We think so. I'm on a treatment right now that seems to be helping so, so much, um, which is a good sign that we think like if it's helping, then that probably means the diagnosis is correct in at least some senses um so yeah I think it's now kind of just how do we manage that and then also train and make sure that we don't like trigger it again um and if it does get triggered what do we do like do we have things to stop it from getting to where it got to this Mm. last time yeah did you you recently I think you posted you ran 12 miles I did yeah that was Was that so amazing oh yeah They've just been getting – the runs been getting better and better, and it's so fun. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. I've just been watching and thinking, oh, sweet Grayson. Oh, thanks. It's been – it'll be really sweet tasting when I can finally, like, get out there. <laughs> and Saucony's been a great supporter through it, I'm sure. They have, yeah. They sent me flowers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I think we need to wrap up with end of podcast because it's been so long since you've been on the show. And so even though you've answered these questions four years ago, I think we should still just like run through them again because I'm sure they've changed. Yeah. That would be fun to see. Yeah. I mean, you were not a world champion when we last talked. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is something professionally or personally you'd still like to do? Win Golden Trail Series. Mm. or personally scale my business effectively. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> Love talking to an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a, a best – I feel like with the habit stacking and the mental health and all this, like you are like deep into like reading and podcasts and educating mm-hmm. yourself. Do you have any good books you recommend? Oh, I really liked Range 
by David Epstein. The subtitle is How Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. And I feel like I really related to that because I feel like more of a generalist. And I've seen that really pay off in my life. And I think more people could be successful if they weren't so pigeonholed into things. What a concept because mm-hmm. everybody says the riches are in the niches, the mm-hmm. niches. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so true. You know, I've thought about that a lot, Grayson, because, you know, I have my podcaster parents too. And I'm like, am I too all over the place? Do I have too much going on? No. But like, I really <laughs> just tried to like do what I enjoy. Yeah. I think you if know? you enjoy it, then it's not too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes you do feel too generalized because I'm sometimes I'm like, if I would have just stick with all running and only the running podcast, like, could it, I have made that bigger and could I have, you know, all the things. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Airplane arms or you're doing it wrong. Love it. <laughs> Grayson, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Grayson, for coming on the podcast. You all can find Grayson on Instagram. She's Grayson underscore Grayson over there. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626. Of course, find everything you need to know about this show at sandyboyproductions.com. You can sign up for our newsletter and all the show notes will be delivered to you in your inbox. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And hey, make sure you come follow Grayson and I on Instagram because we are doing a giveaway with her training journals, my training plan for the half of the marathon and a lagoon pillow. That giveaway is live today, Friday, December 8th, and it closes today. So it's opening and closing today, and you want to get in on it. Again, follow me, Lindsay Hine 626 and Grayson, Grayson underscore Grayson on Instagram. All right, friends, thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week on I'll Have Another.